name is Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With Delaney being saucy in the background. Okay. Well, it's your fault, so. It's never my fault. The fact that someone would ever say that shows you that they don't own up to the things that they do. That they would say that nothing is ever their fault. Okay, maybe not never, but <laughs> at least nine times out of ten, it's not my fault. I think that's reasonable. Nine, see, y'all hear this? That can't possibly be it. How how you know? You don't know what statistics I got going on. All right, we're talking so about we'll delegating this. fault. All right, so we'll do this this week. Let's just keep moving <laughs> right along. Let's just keep moving right along. Um, how come? Are we going to do this? Nope. Okay. That's the news. Um, sad news out of uh, Maryland. The National Philharmonic. Ah, I about that? saw that. Yeah, they are closing. Abruptly, um, too. It was yeah. like, hey, girl, so right. <laughs> loved your last concert. Hope you liked it. Um, It's over. Right. I was yeah. like, dang. It was like out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Um. They've uh, been in operation for over 40 years, um, and now they're closing pretty abruptly. They're the largest uh, Montgomery County-based producer and presenter of classical music concerts, and the closing of this orchestra is going to uh, cease operations for more than 130 union musicians and staff. Yo, so where are they going? Yeah. I know that's wrong, but where are y'all... Now I go to Viola Auditions, it's 407 Violas. Yeah, because what, this is also in Maryland, and they, you know, everything that's going on with the BSO right now. Yeah. And the BSO came out and said that a lot of the the people in this orchestra sub with their orchestra. Oh, wow. So imagine you got this crossover going on. You're thinking, oh, well, BSO's on, okay, it's not on this last leg. So it's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an exaggeration, you know? I was about to did say they fi- Did they figure it out yet? No, I think it's still still no they playing around in the midst um but imagine that and you're like okay i gotta you know you're you're trying to supplement that income that is a mess and now this happens um the orchestra has been suffering financial problems in the recent years um and it did not get their uh their request for an additional one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in funds approved by the um by the county uh council that's crazy because when I saw that number, because I read it too fast when I first saw this story and I thought it was a National Philharmonic and I was like, the, not the National Philharmonic, the National Symphony Orchestra. I was like, the National yeah, National I, thought, I thought it was NSO too. I was like, I was like, what? what y'all doing? Okay, we know y'all not doing nothing in DC, but like in regards to, I mean, in regards to orchestra, I was like, wow. And then I read it closer, mm-hmm. but I was like, people... Orchestra's lunch budgets are yeah, hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, that's not even that much money. It, I mean, not even a like not even for, in the grand scheme of orchestras. Yeah, for how many people? Because you got the orchestra and the staff, and the, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's to me that's very very sad because it's like y'all could find one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but maybe it's not even about that. Maybe it's like we need one hundred fifty thousand dollars every year or something like that. Because can't, y'all can't be closing down for $150,000. Mm-hmm. Um, the county council president uh, says that the local government has given the National Philharmonic more than $2.5 million in recent years to support the orchestra. But, um, quote, as the county begins to look at equity across all our investments, this level of investment isn't sustainable for one organization over the long term. 
So I guess that's why they stopped approving uh, their requests for additional funds. Um, and the the county council president also said, quote, that it's disappointing that the organization wasn't able to leverage these investments into a financially sustainable model. Um, and that she hopes that the artists in the orchestra will reach out to their Arts and Humanities Council to help cultivate new artistic endeavors that will continue to enrich the community. Um, so what it sounds like to me is that they're saying that they gave them enough money and that I guess they didn't they didn't create a financially sustainable model. I don't know what their model was, so I'm not gonna speak on that. But um, I feel like that's sort of like a pattern that we've seen. I'm about to say, I feel, I'm not going to pay blame. Also, I'm not running nobody's orchestra. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like, you look at the orchestras that, like, thrive. Like, I mean, this is, a this is like, not the right orchestra to look at. But, like, you look at the L.A. Phil, mm -hmm. it's like... It, okay, if we take if we take Gustavo out of it, right, because, like, him being a celebrity helps, right? It's but like he rose to fame in the L.A. Phil. That is true. Here, but, at least. Here, but also he was famous before. Yeah, like, um, that's what I mean. Like, here is, um, he rose to fame, like, to be famous here. You know what I oh, mean? Like, yeah. he was famous in other parts of the world, okay, for yeah, sure, so. before he was at L.A. Phil. Yeah, but you look, if you look at them, it's like, the amount of stuff they do besides just play Beethoven... I think it's what makes them a powerhouse. Like mm -hmm. the LA Phil is a power. I, there's like literally no other orchestra in the country or world that is doing what like like Chicago civic. Chicago has like their their civic their civic orchestra. But we was at two months ago. You said what? Said, but look where we was at two months exactly. ago. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's there's no orchestra in the. I mean, besides the ones who have like fellowship programs. There's no orchestra in the country that's doing what the LA Phil does. I feel like the LA Phil is going to be around for like ever because mm -hmm. they're sowing into the community. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that because I'm biased because like we here. I'm saying that like if you it just works. Like yeah. you had like it, I don't understand why orchestras don't do more of this. I'm like yeah, you only have one hundred fifty thousand dollars, but like make letting kids like having programs that are in partnership with your orchestra even if you can't sustain them for all the entire year we're not talking about flying kids out first class to come play with your orchestra we're talking about like what are the orchestra musicians doing to feed into the community besides putting on concerts but yeah i feel like for a lot of these orchestras all they know is we get revenue from ticket sales so we gotta keep programming stuff that people are gonna want to see and I know it takes time to build, um, to like build an organization that's like successful off of these community programs. So it's like, how long does it take to do that? The LFU has a ton of money. So it's yeah. like, it's like, I don't, I, I'm not even sure how that would work, but it's also not my job to figure that out. Exactly. You have, you have people who are in place to figure that out, yeah. whether they're part-time, volunteer, whatever. You have people, these orchestras have people mm -hmm. who are supposed to be doing this. And like I said before, like the LA Phil is not a great example, right? Like it's a powerhouse. Yeah. Like, and they have so much money. So much money. I not was the talking best example. to one of the ladies who, who works in the, like the donor, like she deals with other donors and stuff. And we were asking about famous people and like Seth MacFarlane just gave them a couple million dollars. Like a couple they have, million, imagine. <laughs> like they have, um, they have, celebrities you know that give to this orchestra they have a lot of money but also they didn't start off that way that's what i'm about to say like they're not they probably haven't always been that way it's like people people see what la phil does and they're like i want to do what that i want to i want to sew into that mm. it's like 
ain't ain't no way that y'all getting all of your money just from ticket sales. Like right. that that to me, I don't know how orchestra works on the inside, but that even to me that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Like just like to me, like it sounds a lot like I mean tying into what we're gonna talk about today. It sounds a lot like churches struggling to pay their bills based on tithes and offering. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there has to be something else there. Like a lot of churches do like extra sales. They might do like a bunch of stuff to try to get more money because sometimes tithes and offering, especially with the, the congregation that you're dealing with, is not enough money. Mm-hmm. And remember, you got to pay the pastor. You got to do all this other stuff. So it's like, I feel like orchestras keep trying to do the same stuff and it's not working. And y'all keep trying to do the same stuff. Like, right. I don't understand. I just don't understand why y'all can't reach out to other orchestras. Is it a pride thing? Is it like a NDA thing? And be like, what are y'all doing that we could do? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at Orchids, that's that's yeah. Baltimore, right? Or is that Boston? Where's Orchids at? Orchids is 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 Baltimore. You look at Orchids, like how I don't know like are they how much are they involved with the BSO? You know, and I have to look into that more, but it's like there are ways that you can I think try that I they, think the, the, the same way that Yola is. I think so. But I mean like so that's not a good example. But there's so many things that you could do that to me from the outside that you could do to to build up like an orchestra like that like you why don't y'all have some version of that like you don't have no partnership program you could do with the kids in maryland you're in freaking maryland like there's plenty of kids in, Mar- in maryland who need access to classical who don't they don't you don't need access to classical music mm-hmm. but who would like cl- access to classical music like y'all try to keep doing the same thing over and over and then we're gonna you're gonna be right here on this podcast when you're closing the, yet again right. <laughs> like come on like and I know that it's like for some of y'all, it's too little, too late. Like I get, we saying it like y'all, like well, we can't do that. You can't do that now. But yeah, you had, there was a point in time where you could have. And, um, and your little Mahler tickets were selling really nicely, and your Beethoven Overture was selling real nice. And you're like, you know, this is fine. Yeah. And like, you have to move with the times. Like you must move with the times. Yeah. If not, you're gonna be looking crazy. No. <laughs> looking crazy, abruptly closing, mm-hmm. and like. And I, y'all didn't know y'all y'all might close back in September. Maybe y'all could have petitioned your your patrons. Because mm-hmm. something tell me like when they say it's abrupt, like I'm I feel like it don't be all that abrupt. Yeah, like y'all, it, it, y'all said, knew. it said that they they've been having financial pr- troubles for a couple years, and it's like it's not getting better. I guess I don't I have no idea. I guess this model of um, having orchestras and people buying tickets and like just making money off your ticket revenue i guess that's been working for so long which you had to have known that's not gonna work forever yeah especially since like the way people consume music is continuously changing yeah not a lot of people want to go sit through a concert mm-hmm. i know i don't i keep trying i don't i don't dislike concerts as much as i used to for sure mm-hmm. but like i've sitting through concerts like that i don't know yeah, i love concerts when sis was throwing her hair back the other night i was like okay like man i had such a good time like with, and also i really love that that piece the also just piano concerto by chike the the way that i listen to music i just feel like it's so much better with the headphones because i like it loud i like yeah it and it couldn't be that loud and stuff yeah. like yeah i'm just like dang i'd rather listen to this with my headphones on that's the first thing i noticed every time i go to a classical music concert outside i'm like why is it so low because yeah first of all, i'm half deaf because of where i sit in the orchestra and um i like stuff loud like i'm i'm, I'm a 
relatively loud person. I like loud things. And that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, but they can't bump it because we're literally in the middle of a neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I had such a blast watching her. She was throwing them curls back. I said, yes, ma'am. She was having so much fun with it. Right. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That actually is what we're talking about next. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to um, talk about the, or or basically just say congrats to Gustavo because he just uh, celebrated his 10th yeah, no, I anniversary. Yeah, I got a Gustavo. Okay. His 10th uh, anniversary at the LA Phil. And we were at the concert. Bravo whoop. Gustavo. They had a Gustavo puppet. Bravo Gustavo. That's yeah. cute. They had a, um, a Gustavo nah, that, puppet. Let's pull over. Let's pull over. <laughs> let's pull over. Y'all need to go. Is it on his is it on his IG or is it on the LA Phil's IG? It's probably on, on both. I'm gonna look. I'm about to like y'all have to go look. That first of all, it did not look like him. Y'all did him dirty. <laughs> Secondly, what the heck? It was like a big old Gustavo puppet head with like a conducting, like people you can hold his arms and make it conduct. And there was a guy standing inside of it. And like you could take a picture with it. It was creepy. It was creepy as heck. It was creepy, but it was standing outside. It was funny. It was. I wonder how much that thing cost. I was going to say something so trifling. I'm glad, but the the Lord, the Lord. What are you going to say? Nothing. It was terrible. What are you going to (laughs) say? Would love to know. I was oh no, it's so bad. <laughs> Not moving on to you tell me, so I was like probably about as much as the <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Probably about as much as that orchestra needs to open up next season. Wow. You told me to say I probably edited that out. <laughs> You said what? That is bad. I told you it was bad. I probably, I don't know. I see how I feel, how petty I'm feeling. Ooh, chill it. (laughs) That's not funny. That's, I'm a classical musician and that's sad. That's not funny. Oh, they don't have it. Because I knew they was bogus for doing him like that. Okay. It's on their story. What the heck was that on their story? What are these? Oh, that's him and uh, Natalia Laforcade doing a concert. I got a free ticket to that. I'm not going. At the anniversary <laughs> concert, ooh, Chile, um, it featured 20 students uh, from Yola National Festival, ooh. or actually the Yola National Institute. Yeah. Because two of them are not in the festival. Um, but the Yola National Institute, um, which was started uh, by my team over in the learning department. Okay, executive director of the LA Phil. It's Lewis Gustavo. Oh. <laughs> no, he's musical director and artistic okay, director. The same thing. Executive director? Okay. It's not. Because they don't have an executive director. Yeah, it's you. Keep up. Anyway. Um, the Yellow National Institute, um, which is uh, 20 students, and they're going to help them with their musical journey. Um, this, like things that they need, like through college and college auditions, um, and basically keep. They're like in a. This is the inaugural class, um, and they're gonna do like webinars that help them prepare for college, and um, they're going to Scotland next month. Uh, to these kids are living right on tour with the LA Phil, which they used to only do for Yola students, but now they're like expanding it so the students from other Elsa Snellman inspired oh, programs nice. can do it because like. In the past, like they've done a couple of these. Every time the LA Phil goes on tour, Yola students go with them. I've never been, but 
um, like when they went to, they went to Korea last year, and then before they they went to like Japan, they went to London, like. Mm-hmm. But now they're expanding it so um, to their national programs. Um, so they'll be going to Scotland and playing with the LA Phil and playing with um, the Elsa Cinema programs in Scotland. And yeah, they got to play on stage at the Hollywood Bowl side by side with the LA Phil at the concert. They were so happy. I, I was like so excited. I don't even know them kids. I was yeah. sorry. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know any of them, but... Yeah. My heart was so full. Like, what an amazing... You'll never forget that. But the girl who sat concert master, mm-hmm. you will never forget that. Gustavo shook your hand mm-hmm. at the end. Like, what the heck? That is amazing. Yeah. So, congrats to them and congrats to Gustavo. Yeah, 10 years. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe it's been 10 years already. Yeah. I remember when it was like a huge deal when he first came. Yeah, I remember when he first came, too. I don't know why. I didn't even play the bass to that. But I don't remember hearing about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Hey. All right, let's move on to intermission. So <clears throat> this week is a short segment um, <laughs> called QTNA. Questions that need answers. If you're black, you know the other name for it. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and these are just like, how do I explain? These are questions that people want to know the answer to. Like, just general questions. Of course, we made them, uh, we curtailed them to classical music, but like, just trifling questions, basically. So, um, what's your question? I was nervous about doing this, because I was like, I feel like we always yelling at somebody for something. I mean, but there's plenty of people to oh, yell well. at. Okay. <laughs> What one thing that I just want to know because it it baffles me, um, every time I have to deal with it is how <clears throat> so many musicians don't have spatial awareness. How, especially when it comes to instruments. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to large instruments, because t- a, a couple of days ago, actually no, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a rehearsal and why this dude's bass was laying down. Why somebody come and lean on it with both of their hands you to lying. talk to somebody on the other you side? You are of lying. Me. No, <laughs> lying. Nope, not lying. I just don't get it. What about this makes you think that it's a table? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a table. It's not a coat and it's check. not your. And most importantly, it's not yours. It's not yours. Most above all, it's not yours. <laughs> If I want to ride my bass like a surfboard, that's that's my okay. business. So, then that's my business. But I just don't get it. And then it's not even like, um, even even like at places like Eastman, where it's like these are people who are pre-professional musicians who will just be back there stepping over your neck and crip walking across your bridge and stuff. Like, is it a problem? No. Nope. All right. Because but you tried doing the podcast with me. Meanwhile, yes. you. Accost me with your words. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I'm so conscious of when I'm around somebody else's instrument. Yeah, because especially since for me, I know I'm clumsy. So I'm extra careful. Like, extra, extra careful. I'm not touching your drums unless I absolutely must. I'm not, like, nah. (laughs) Like, I will not be the one who's responsible for breaking your livelihood. I won't. Right. (laughs) Right. But not everyone feels the same, so. 
Let me know if you know. Um, one of my questions is who asked for your dis- dissertation length comments during studio class? Who asked? I want to know. Because I know who you're talking about. Listen, I really didn't target that towards nobody mm-hmm. in particular. Sure you didn't. But honestly, like, there's only one person I pay, paid um, <laughs> <laughs> for lessons and you. And it's like, it's awkward for us all when you keep talking about, talking around in circles, when you give me your opinion on something like, I take... I take comments seriously in studio class, and I cur- and then the but the degree of seriousness depends on like who's who is it coming from. Like when you when you like you could experiment doing score to I'm like I'm playing this next week. No, I cannot. <laughs> like what? Like sometimes if you don't have a comment, like a lot of times people be like I don't have nothing to say. But when Neil used to play his excerpts in studio class, there are plenty of times people be like I don't have anything to say. Keep that energy. You don't have anything to say. Um, and then my last question, which I think we, I think both of us would appreciate the answer to this one. Why we start playing a national anthem at orchestra concerts, girl? Why? Let's talk about it. Because, because yeah, I'm so confused. Every, I, so why, why you sitting down? Y'all lucky I don't lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we, when we, remember we were walking over, right? Yeah. During the national anthem. And we went to our seats and sat down. Everyone looked around. I'm like, I'm not standing for this. Like, there's nothing to celebrate. That's a great question. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to, for me, like, to, to stand and salute. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, like, I refuse. I'm not, I don't say the pledge. I stopped saying the pledge, I think, around my senior year in high school. I haven't had to say the pledge in a long time. Don't ask me to. I used to in, like, like no, like, in school. But, like, since I've been. I mean. I mean, in, but, uh, in high school, I didn't have to say it. We never said it. Y'all never school. said the pledge. Mm-mm. Yeah, we said the pledge every day in high school. I stopped around senior year. I think middle school was when I stopped. When we stopped saying the pledge in high school, I mean in school. Wow. No, in, in Illinois, they're still saying the pledge. Wow. And when I taught public school and when I started to teach, I, I would remain seated. For like until until I see like change behavior in this country, there's literally no reason for me to participate. Pledge my allegiance. Like my grandmother said, you pledge your allegiance to Jesus. <laughs> right. Or I don't know, whatever you believe in. I'm mm-hmm. not like, I'm not, I'm just curious as to when, it's like, okay, whatever, y'all do it, there's a, y'all do it at sporting events, but why are we doing it at, at concerts? We used to do it like my, my senior year in undergrad, we started playing the National Anthem at like every concert for orchestra. And I'm like, why? The the Hollywood Bowl concert I went to before this past one that we did, that we were at, um, it was what, Carnival of the Animals and some other stuff. Um, what, Symphony Fantastique? It, they played it and there was this one dude behind us singing his heart out. Me, my mom, and my stepdad stayed seated. <laughs> but he was like, like he was singing loud and like, I was like, all right, then, sis, if that's what you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like, I'm not going to tell you what to be what, what to be proud of and what to be happy for. Like, I'm, like, I'm low-key jealous of Drake when, when Old Canada comes on. Drake <laughs> is belt. I'm like, Bell Ting. I'm like, imagine, I wonder how it feels to be, like, prideful of your country. Like, what an amazing, I mean, that's how I am when, a, when the Jamaican National Anthem come on, like, Bell Ting. But, like, they don't play the Jamaican National Anthem in America. Yeah. So, 
I, I just, I'm, I'm just curious. When, when did we start doing that? <laughs> Y'all probably been on the read when, when oh Kid Fury got, um, when he got signed for that show or whatever, and, um, and Crystal started playing the Jamaican national anthem <laughs> on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't gotta remember to do that. That is freaking. I remember that. <laughs> I love Crystal. We don't deserve her. All right, let's move on. Oh, oh I have one more question. Oh, you did? Yeah. I wouldn't have gone back to back. Well, no. Well, um, my last one is I'm just so curious. How do y'all deal with having rude teachers? <laughs> because I don't know how. Because somebody gonna have to get cussed out. Because like people like I'm teachers that are who are super super rude to you. Like I I don't I don't respond well to negative reinforcement you don't have to i don't have to be coddled like there are some things that my teacher have said that have gotten me together like you don't have to be nice to me all the time but a teacher that's just rude and people come crying after their lessons because their teacher told them that they ain't nothing they ain't never finna be nothing like you know like, i couldn't imagine teachers, an adult saying to me another adult exactly that i'm not gonna first of all that i'm not gonna be nothing thing. you should have known that when you took me you took me in at the audition we were both there sis <laughs> That's the, that's the main thing, because first, first of all, like, I get it, I'm here to study with you, but at the end of the day, I'm grown. And you're not going to talk to me any kind of way. Speaking of cod, I don't remember one time my... Oh, my God. I remember in... Because, okay, my... Okay, I'm not going to say too much, but one of my former teachers, like, wasn't terrible to me, but could be. But one time... um. I asked because sometimes I like to check in with my teacher and be like, "Am I progressing the way that you thought?" I like to, I like That's to a ask. Scary question. <laughs> because I rather I want to know. I'll I ask my teachers, "Am I progressing the way that you would hope that I I would progress?" And this particular teacher was like, "What you need to be coddled, like you need to." And I'm like, I'm asking a question about my progress that I'm paying you for. I was like, no, I want to know am I progressing the way that you thought. What? You sound dumb. Are you kidding? Yuck. I don't know how. I don't know how the girls be dealing with that. I mean, I, I asked after my first semester at Eastman back in 2016. I asked Mr. Taylor, "Am I progressing the way that you thought?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." Da, da, da. Like because that's a question that I, I want to know. What can I do differently? What What is not enough for you? What do you wish? I mean, like, and teachers be like, "I really wish you had this and this," but like. Sometimes they might not say nothing. Maybe sometimes they might not say what you what you thought. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know how y'all deal with it. All right, y'all. This week we taking y'all to church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, y'all. We talking about we 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 gonna start a little series, a little mini series about um. So we posted something. I can't remember what it was on IG and. Somebody posted, like, someone commented on it. Someone, yeah, someone commented on the sticker in the IG story and was like, what does it got to do with classical music? And the minute I went to go tell her what it had to do with classical music, the comment deleted. And I was like, God saved you because I was literally... Well, I, I'm not doing that, right? I'm mad because I didn't even see it. I don't get notifications from Instagram. And I was mad when you told me that. I was like, dang, I wish I had seen that because then I would have been all deep in there. Instagram. Yeah, like, so this little series, like, what does it got to do with classical music? We're going to look at some music and see, like, how classical music has influenced it or how, or or vice versa. And we are starting with gospel music. Oh, gospel. Honestly, one of my favorite genres. Like, yeah, I think I actually like gospel more than, like, ratchet mm. music. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we gonna we gonna up there like yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> God is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank, thank me. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about like our experience growing up in church, and then like we'll we'll bring you this. This hold on, here we go. So talk about your church experience. Talk about growing up in church, all that stuff. Like, what what was it like? Like, tell me about that. Uh, well, I went to a Baptist church. So Come on, Baptist extra. Shout out to New Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist, Baptist people like church. y'all. Y'all are extra. What was your church name? New Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. That's so black. <laughs> that is <laughs> New Mount Calvary. So there was a Mount Calvary, <laughs> and somebody wanted to be a pastor. So New Mount, New Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. <laughs> the Baptist y'all y'all are extra. When I show when I told Katie, I, I didn't know that people were like the usher. Like, so our ushers have uniforms with the white gloves, and they have a like a there's a special. Uh, a song and a walk that they do. That is freaking <laughs> ridiculous. And I wish we had a video camera right here. I wish this was in the podcast because I would show you this. I would show you the walk. When I saw it, I was like, <laughs> I know you lying. Like how? Ain't no way. First of all, I'm thinking about like my pastor. My pastor wouldn't even allow that. He would be like, absolutely not. It's so. And Pastor Dill is a joker, but he would be like, absolutely not. Like a walk too. Not yeah, even just a, a song. Yeah. Because okay. the reason why I realized like. I never knew how extra Baptist the Baptist denomination was, specifically Black Baptist, <laughs> until I went away to college because whatever I'm looking for a new church, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw I went to Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in in Bloomington, Illinois, and they had a welcome song. I'm like, oh yeah, y'all ahead. have a welcome song with the one where with the Groot Your Neighbor song or what? Okay, y'all got we're a welcome glad song. You're here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, yeah, I was like, we would like to welcome you to Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. Oh, I didn't. Like, it wasn't no customized. It was customized. <laughs> I was looking around like, y'all got a welcome song. When I tell you, pastors look up there and be like, if you're visiting for the first time, please stand. And then also in Baptist Church, y'all like to do y'all like to pass the mic, and I was like, absolutely. Okay. Not. <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm, no, like we'd be like, please stand, and it, so we can acknowledge you, and it'd be like people around you greet you, and you get a welcome packet, and you fill that junk out, and that is it, and a pastor will email you. Dang, or it's a, a business transaction. <laughs> or he, I don't know how. I've never been a visitor to my oh, church, so yeah. I don't know. I, I assume it's an email. I assume Pastor Dillard's not calling individually. Maybe he is. He seems like the type. I don't know, but I was like. I'm not passing on mic and tell you my name is Katie. Oh, y'all don't do that. That's the good morning church. <laughs> you don't say who you are. No, I tell you. You're like, if we have any first time visitors, please stand and remain standing. And then that's it. And then they'll be like, we like to welcome you to First Church of God Christian Life Center. Thank you so much for visiting us. Like, there's so many churches you could have been at. We take it not lightly. You're here this morning. The ushers have handed you a business a uh, uh, welcome packet. Please fill out the form in the packet. Return it to the ushers after church. You say your name. Thank you so much for visiting us this morning, and we hope you enjoy your time here. That is literally it. And if you I've sit been to, down. I've been to other other churches though, because I've been to a couple different. Because I grew up in a Baptist church. We, our pastor died, so like it it was like a, it changed a little bit. But then we, I've been to, um, I, we started going to this Presbyterian church. Um, a couple times because that's a church that I would play at a lot. Oh, okay. That one in this Methodist church. 
um, <laughs> and then an AME oh. um, church. And the, I feel like for sure the AME church, we passed the mic for sure. AME church is, in my experience, I went to AME for a little bit of time. They're also very structured and very extra. They're less extra than Baptists, mm-hmm. but very structured. I might first church, like my first church is structured, but not like, not like that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Baptists, they have like a, a formula. It's like even the way the ushers dress with the hat and the and the all white. <laughs> it's intense. Like Baptist people are intense. Well, I, they have they have white the white gloves and white too. gloves. <laughs> it's like and white stockings and white shoes. Like that's intense to me. Mm-hmm. Ushers at my church, it depends. It's dressed down now. Like my pastor does dress down during the summer, mm-hmm. so like they wear they wear whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But like, I think they were black. They when my former pastor was there, like my child, like my childhood pastor was there. They had an usher uniform. It was like blue, mm-hmm. like a navy blue. But like, I'm telling you, I mean, what's my denomination? Church of God. Mm-hmm. So it's not. We have structure, but it's not like. Yeah, we have like another thing growing up in church like um was we had children's church so like yeah. after yeah after you get um you know at a certain point then they send all the kids off to children's church and also i know you you said this was weird because we had um like for for children's church and stuff like if you get stuff right or something you would get something called monkey bucks which is like a yeah that is weird <laughs> hey, what the heck and i remember my sister had dumb monkey bucks i'd be like dang dang yeah give me some like monkey a, bucks yeah from like sunday school nah, and stuff man. like if you got you know stuff right about the bible and like you did well in sunday school you might get something and then you could go and get stuff like you i got like a bible crossword puzzle book you know because i like doing word games you go like I think like every third Sunday or something, they have they open up the little store and you could get stuff. You get like Jesus themed stuff, you know, with your monkey books. It wasn't just like you could get panties and stuff. Like you said, get panties. <laughs> yeah, like it was like church things that you uh, could buy. But the fact that y'all have a store, listen, my church was not like that. Well, not like a store. It's not a store. It's set up in one of the rooms in the church where they just put stuff uh, out. <laughs> it's not like a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> my church has like a low key. It's not a gift shop. They'll be like, you can buy. I think they did they stop doing that. They used to sell my pastor's sermons online, and they got like some shirts. You buy stuff when it's time for stuff. That's how my church is. It's like if we're gonna be in a parade, there's sh- there's shirts for sale. It was like ninety nine cent store stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> looking back on it, yeah, man. Actually, read, I, all I knew. I didn't have okay. The thing that's weird about me, I didn't have a lot of church friends, right? So mm-hmm. like. I went to church like there there would be no reason that I would miss church on a Sunday. Absolutely there will be none. For there was there's nothing. There's you if you have if you're sick, God will heal you. <laughs> like if you if your leg hurt, there's an elevator. Like there's no reason if if the world is ending good, we'll all be gathered together. Right. It's like there's <laughs> there is no reason <laughs> good to miss church. So I like I, I grew up in a church, like, whatever, Sunday school. I, I have memories of, like, you do the little worksheet. They teach you some little kitty Bible. Like, because they're not teaching you about, like, freaking Lazarus dying. You know, it's like some, like, you coloring Noah's Ark and junk like that. And yeah. then, like, you get grandparents and Jews after. That was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a friend named Melissa. <laughs> and Melissa stayed in junior church way too long because you got snacks. Like, 
But I was I was looking at her like, girl, it's the same snacks every week. It's graham crackers and juice. That's not even a good snack. And then the church game amped up when I went when I moved from junior church to like the youth group. And the youth group was popping when I was in there because we used to like the youth choir, like automatically if you're in the youth group you're in the youth choir mm-hmm. at my church and we used to like do a lot of stuff with other youth groups and like concerts and junk and i had so i had like youth group like i was at church three times a week by the time i was in middle school because i had church on sunday and then i had uh bible, youth bible study on like tuesday and i had youth, i had choir rehearsal on like wednesday and like it was i was a church kid like period and my senior year in high school i joined the adult choir so like that was like because our youth group kind of fizzled out so all right (laughs) (laughs) say it like that so like i was like in the adult choir and we would travel like now the youth group is lit again like and i think that has a lot to do with my pastor has kids that age so it's it's like he's really growing the youth like they they are lit like so i really i had a fun time in church i was also a pk for like a smooth second like it's weird. The story is interesting. she was wild. I'm not wild, though. And also, PKs, like, wild. PKs <laughs> are either the best kids in the world or the worst kids in the world. It's, like, not really a lot of middle. I feel like but I'm definitely the best. There's no Like, yeah, I was a PK for, like, a smooth five years. But also, because um, my, my my uncle is a, is a, well, he's an apostle. And he, he. I don't know what the difference between like all those things are. There's so many words, but I don't know. I feel like a po- apostle, apostle, minister, bishop. Yeah, like, apostle is like is like a I disciple feel- or something. So like that's I think that's like literally what it means. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a pastor, <laughs> and and my aunt, not my not my aunt that's married to the to that uncle. Mm-hmm. Two different sides of my family, but my aunt, she worked in um she was a Sunday school teacher at my at my church. Um, but yeah, I think I had I didn't have that that many friends. I had this one boy that his mom <laughs> insisted that we would get married eventually. Oh my god! Because yeah, like uh, she, you gonna be my daughter in law? Oh, I was I was definitely goodness. like small. Um, that is weird. Yeah, because her her she had a daughter who was around my older sister's age, and they were like best friends. Oh. And then her son was like maybe a year older than me, and I don't know why she she wanted that to happen. I was literally probably in elementary school slash middle school. But yeah, it I was, didn't. He glowed down. So did I. But okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was at a weird age because a lot of people in, in my youth group or whatever, like, were also my church went through some things when I was, when I was, and everybody who black know what that means. But All my right. church went through some things, and um, before my current pastor came, so like there weren't a lot of kids much more a lot of people come in it and it, it was harder it was hard because it's like my church is a really big church like it's not a mega church by any means but it's also not a small church like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a it's a we're looking at 200 300 members something mm-hmm. something like that so there wasn't a lot of kids so i feel like i missed my window and the people i was in youth group in, with like they were older than me mm-hmm. or significantly younger than me yeah so there wasn't really but i mean i said i said i had fun in church yeah I want my kids to be. If I had kids, I would want them to be church kids. Like church, mm-hmm. church is fun. It is fun, like, especially is when fun. it's like you're in the middle where you're not like one of the bad kids that be doing all types of crazy stuff yeah. in church. Because I definitely have friends that did stuff like that. But when people, you're, especially when kids are wild, yeah, like y'all crazy. doing like stuff in 
But like parking yeah. lots and junk, like. But like when you're like a church kid, it's like you grew up in church and you have good memories, yeah. you know, from it. But you wasn't like, Ugh, like you know, yeah. Like when you're in the middle. That's my grandma. My grandma like. <laughs> She stopped asking if I go to church on Sundays because, like, I'm such a disappointment to her. It doesn't okay. like the master's degree means nothing to her. She's like, "You go to church." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, that's church." Hey, you like she? I don't know. I go to church, Cynthia. I'm like, had to practice, Grandma. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why are you making her seem like she? Because my grandma's trifling. Um. But I'm, I've been trying to go more. I definitely, like, when I was home for them five weeks, I went every... It was, I, I miss it. I, I, I don't have to miss it. It's there. It's just that Don Juan is also here. So right. it's going to be better now that I don't have school and, and constant torture. So oh, okay. uh, let's, let's talk about the music side. <laughs> let's talk about the music side of church. Like, I touched on a little bit. I was in a youth choir. You'd be jamming. The youth choir always lit because it's, like, young enough. So, like... You can't you can't be too worldly, but like you bring a little bit of stuff in there, like that was that's like that was my thing, and also like I grew up with gospel music. My mom only listens to gospel music when she ha- when she playing something else. Like if I hear jazz, I'm like, you good? Like everything okay? Because I'm so used to like that's all my mom listens to. That's what I grew up on, and that's a lot of my a lot of my years. I've I recently got into like other styles of music, like maybe in college. Cause I'm like, let me explore some other stuff. Cause I would, I would only listen to gospel, and I was, I was fine with it, of course. Cause I would have explored earlier, you know. But mm-hmm. like, gospel is like, I have a huge place in my heart. Definitely my my favorite genre of music by far. Um, and yeah, yeah, probably in ranking order, in favorite music. No oh God, you gonna? It's probably gospel. At the very. Nah, yeah, it's probably gospel than classical. Cause I was, gonna, I was at first I was gonna say gospel rap classical. I was like, why should be a rapper, a gospel singer? But like, I think, I think classical, and and maybe even gospel and classical is tied. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I have, gospel has a special place in my heart. That's probably why it will always be number one. We all, all the black people know when your mama start blasting that gospel music on Saturday morning, it's time mm-hmm. to get up and clean. I don't have that experience <laughs> because your mom always plays gospel that's probably why maybe well anyway but my my musical career basically started in church because from like being small my sister my older sister can sing like she was a, like a singer she used to want to do that she went to interlocking like all that kind of stuff so she was like one of the church like stars because she was of one course. of the people in the choir who could actually sing yeah and because she was in the choir, of course, when I was old enough to be in the pastor's choir, which is like the kids' choir. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cute. My pastor's babies. That is so freaking cute. <laughs> when I, was I love church. To be in that, <laughs> I was in the pastor's choir for years. Hated it because I can't sing. I didn't hate it. I hated it for a while. But, okay, hate is a strong word. I didn't like oh, it. Oh, yeah, I was in Children's Choir, too, but we didn't really do much. Yeah. I don't have any memories of Children's Choir. Except for Jessica getting a solo that one time because okay. her mama was the pianist. I'm like, Jessica can't even sing. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? They would make everybody solo. So now I'm a, they'd be like, go ahead, baby. Meanwhile, you know I can't sing. Like, <laughs> some of the kids cannot sing. I had a solo one time. It wasn't even a solo. It was I was singing with somebody else, which is fine because I can't sing. <laughs> right yeah they would have you go up there like everybody would have like to do like there were some people that got more solos yeah like my sister and a couple other people that could kind of sing but um 
yeah, I didn't really like that, but I also did learn my first instrument was piano, and I learned that from a woman at my church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Didn't church music or being in church ever influence? Like, you just said, like, your your first instrument was piano, but, like, the church music influence your journey in classical music besides, like, for you, of course, besides piano? Like, how does it influence bass at all? Does it influence you wanted to get into bass? Like, talk about that a little bit. Mm. Well, besides piano, no. Just because I learned bass and yola and had nothing really to do with church. And I didn't start playing in church until a couple years after I had started playing bass. So they're not really related, but my my journey into classical music was definitely through someone at my church because that's how I got introduced to classical music was playing, you know, the John Thompson books, Little Fingers, learn how to play mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't say so. Yeah, for me like even though I spent a lot of time well, let's see. I started viola when I was 10. When I was yeah, when I was 10, so Oh, no, I'm lying. When I was nine, it doesn't matter. But I started viola when I was nine. So at that point, I was... At that point, I was only doing church once a week because I wasn't in youth group yet. So honestly, it's like I went to church on Sunday and I was at church all day because like at that point, I was like a like a, a PK. So we had church from like literally eight to three on Sundays. And after that... It's like, okay, I go about my business. Like, I, the rest of the, the the week continues. Like, I feel like church was so separate because I was so young, like, from my from my life during the week. So when I wanted to play viola, I had nothing to, like, I didn't even think about, like, oh, like, instruments at church. Like, do I want to play a church instrument? Like, don't play drums? Like, I was like, people know I started playing viola because of my friend Demario. So church didn't really influence my classical music at all like, at any point. I remember one time I was watching some gospel music musician perform um i think it was like probably donnie mcclurkin mm-hmm. and uh i remember seeing classical musicians in the back playing along like i want to do that like that would be that would be cool to do but aside from that like classical music in church never really mix i mean to me even today i'll talk about that a little bit later like they don't really mix well for me just because of the nature of my playing like i just I can't do all that. So all that stuff Caitlin be doing with the little riffs and this, and like I yeah, can't, like how the organist be all, and a, yeah, you know, the organist like. be behind them. And, I saw a video of Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. I saw a video of Caitlin playing at her church a couple of years ago. Um, she when she when she went went back to Birmingham and like the organist is behind her and she's just improvising. I'll be like, I'll be up there looking crazy. Right. I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh no, so I'm doing a scale. Right, might as like <laughs> like this time they the church play baby. I'm right. like I'm not playing Go anything. But Pastor <laughs> Pastor Dillard is musical, so he'll be like, so what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, I don't play around with him. He's played trombone. Oh okay. Um, so he, I mean, I don't know how far he went with it, but like. He don't be letting no foolishness go on. So he'll be like, why don't you right. talk to Eastman and figure out what, what the Lord bless you with a gift, baby. But you got okay. <laughs> you got to go see what them folk can do. For, he don't oh. even sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like young. He's like 35. Right. You don't be acting like he, <laughs> he sound like right. Martin Luther King. <laughs> he don't sound nothing like that. Pastor is young. <laughs> okay. Um, but we're talking, okay. We're talking about classical music. 
does it influence church music or vice versa? Does does church music influence classical music? And we'll get there, but because there's a difference between church music, like what we talking about, like gospel music and like sacred music. But what 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 are your thoughts on that? Like, does classical music influence church music, or does church music influence classical music? So I don't know. I, I definitely don't think that. Um, okay, well hold on. Let me let me chill out for all my. I definitely don't. Okay. okay. <laughs> I do think that um, church influenced classical music. I want to say church music because church came first. Mm-hmm. Um, before they started, that's part of the reason why they started making like music those chants and those don't imagine you know like that in the very very beginning of music before we had no heads and stuff like the reason why they did that was for religious services yeah that wasn't just for fun like we didn't start making music for fun for like a while yeah <laughs> you know so i definitely think that um church and religion influenced classical music um in the early when i yeah in the early stages the very very beginning and then also through you know, Bach and, and Handel, and even there are some some uh, classical composers like Tchaikovsky that use prayers and hymns yeah. in, in in their music. So I do think that they're related in that way. Um, I'm not so sure about, like, our modern gospel music, though. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I would agree with you, of course, it's because it's literal facts. <laughs> so when we talk about classical music influencing church music, there would be no classical music without church music just because I was there when we learned about it from the dust of the earth when God blew into Adam until now. Um, <laughs> what a time. So talking about classical music influencing church music, I mean, church music influencing class, classical music, rather. Like when we talk about masses, when we talk about um, madrigals, well, some madrigals can be secular, but I think don't quote me um but i'm yeah i guess later on i don't know yes okay the people were i was asleep no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) because people were writing secular people started writing secular music and then they were um but when we talk about like masses and stuff of course like classical music um church music influences classical music oh influences church music right (laughs) but when i'm talking about like the stuff i listen to like gospel donnie mcclurkin kirk franklin stop Make me clap my hands. Make me wanna dance and stomp. Put your hands together. GP, are you with me? Oh yeah, we at the church week. Oh no, GP, are you with me? Oh yeah, we at the church week. Oh no, there you go. Now, uh, the stomp, the whole stomp, nothing but the stomp. <laughs> so churchy. <laughs> That was lit. Um, we're talking about <laughs> how classical music influences gospel music. Mm-hmm. People love to put little strings on stuff and make to make it sound fuller to make it sound because it's like it sounds good without it. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, like my church. Look at look at my church. Like we have an organist slash pianist because he'll hop over just in case, depending on what pastor he wants. Like sometimes you want the organ to back him up when. I forgot what it's called when you're exiting a, a sermon, like mm-hmm. like black pastors when they do all that mm-hmm. at the end when he when you exit, he might want an organ behind him instead. So organist slash pianist, we have a guitarist, a bass guitar, 
and drums mm-hmm. and like for some churches that's a lot like i feel like we got a lot compared yeah, to some my church had a keyboard and he just put the organ thing on <laughs> <laughs> like, the organ sound <laughs> that's crazy like we actually have an organ yeah we had a grand piano what happened to it what did you do with that piano it's, i wanted to ask i realized like that it was gone when i came back i realized that in december actually not just this past time but also like honestly if he sold it like i wouldn't even blame him like who played it yeah. you know who played it our former music minister was went to northwestern and he was a dean in my high school actually Whoa. and he was um, he was a music minister at our church for a while and studied piano on northwestern before he went to administration and when he would come and do concerts whatever he would use that piano but it's like who's even paying to tune it it's like there's really no point yeah. um but I think we have a lot compared to some. But adding strings, like Tasha Cobb, just did, she just did a live recording like a couple of years ago when she did that thing with Nicki Minaj. And like, she just had, she had that same set of everything I just said. Like, that's all she had. But a lot of gospel musicians have used strings to enhance um, whatever. And it's like, are they playing classical music? No, they're playing gospel music, but it's still, you can see that the influence of classical music can have on gospel music. So. One example that is like the most recent would be uh, Kirk Franklin's collaboration with Matt Jones. So Matt Jones um, has an orchestra in Chicago. He's a, I want to, I don't want to, I want to say the right thing, but um, he has an orchestra in Chicago that he does a lot of recordings for a lot of artists. And his most recent collaboration um, was with Kirk Franklin for a song. It just came out too. I didn't even, I need to listen to it more, but uh, Father Knows Best. And Kurt Franklin been in the game for a minute, so he can afford strings. Like that's a thing. I feel like a lot of people want strings, but when it's like time to pay for strings, it's yeah. like, well, y'all, we was thinking we could get a hundred dollars for six hours. I thought, hope that could work. Like what, <laughs> child? If you want strings, you paying for strings. You feel mm-hmm. me? Um. Uh. So Kurt Franklin been in the game for like twenty five years. So he collaborated with that orchestra, and it just sounded like it sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's definitely an artist who who values strings. I'm not saying the other ones don't value strings, but like Kirk Franklin has a history of recording with strings. So uh, what about you? Like, how have you seen classical music influence gospel or anything or anything else? Well, how I've seen them like used together. My um my high school had a gospel choir. Um, so I, I love I love high school gospel choir. I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah, I was like, I was surprised they had the robes and everything. Like, cause it's like you wouldn't expect that. Like the stu- the school I student taught at had a gospel choir. First of all, which would because of the black popular. I'm not saying gospel is only for black people, but it was definitely like mm-hmm. it was black gospel. It's it's black gospel, right? So it's like you when I saw it at the school that I was student teaching at, I was like, and also it, it's always, they're talking to talk about religion in school. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's always been we- like, not weird, but kind of cool. It's like mm-hmm. schools, public schools got gospel choir. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. But, yeah. go ahead. but um, my school's gospel choir does like their big concert at the end of the year. They always get like a string ensemble from the orchestra that's cool. to play um, in the gospel choir. And I was like, I would think that that's so cool um, that they do that. Um, I never played because they usually just have like viola, mean violin, viola, cello, um, and then like the band and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I didn't start playing bass in church for like a couple years. But for a period of time in high school, I was playing in church a lot, like in different churches um, that I was like connected with through Inner City Youth Orchestra of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. 
and just recently, a couple weeks ago, we played the concert at um, at Disney Hall with the Aretha Franklin tribute. Um, with an Aretha Tr- Franklin tribute um, that featured some of Aretha's gospel music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so, so fun because it was like the, you know, like. Right, the, it feels churchy <laughs> in there. Yeah. I love being churchy in places where you're not supposed to be churchy. Yeah, in. Disney Hall, <laughs> the employees was probably like, what is going, going on, on in here? Yeah. Like, it was bumping. Like, <laughs> um, so that, and then I um, also have a lot of like, that was full orchestra plus a, a band in the middle. Um, and then, like, of course, they had they had three Aretha's quote, you know, mm. um, to sing her different stuff, which is such a good idea to have. Like, instead of getting like one person just to one try person. to be to try to be Aretha Franklin, yeah, they got three people with like three different voice types, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we um, played some of her gospel stuff, and then um, I I played a lot of like hymn concerts, like what we would play like hymnals for orchestra. Um, that's like the main experience that I've seen, um, like merging classical music with mm-hmm. with gospel. Um, it's usually like a, I, I will say it's usually not the super like upbeat churchy song yeah. that I've experienced like playing. It's usually like hymns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and or sometimes spirituals, which yeah. is different. But yeah, I mean, anytime I play at church, like I, I kind of got out of it this time. <laughs> but like Pastor's like, well, I'll see you next time. Okay. Because I okay, I get nervous playing at church. Like when he 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 didn't know I was leaving out of town because I was supposed to play like the Sunday, like on the fourteenth at church, and I was so nervous because I was like, "What well, my play? Like I could play Starmans for you." <laughs> like, um, because when I play at church, I play hymnals, mm-hmm. but like because I don't, I need to, I don't know how to do all that flashy like improvising stuff. Like I'm gonna have to have somebody got to help me write something because I have to play when I like in August or something like that. But my experience has been playing hymnals. That's the easiest thing. You go in the hymnal book, you learn the melody, you might put a little chord on the end of it. Like, I've always played hymnals. But, when, but when it, think about when it comes to upbeat stuff, like, it's what you need but a drum set and organ mm-hmm. or a keyboard. You know? But we played that whole Aretha uh, Suite, had all her stuff in it, and, like, the um, they arranged it for orchestra, and, like, some it worked, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff... I don't know, like... I'm trying to think of a song that it wouldn't, like... Of course, like, a slow song, like... Great is your mercy towards me. Your loving kindness. Like, that would work, mm-hmm. right? When you're talking about an upbeat song, like... Make me blow okay. hands. We can put a string in there. Like, what are you going to add? I do remember it having this crazy rhythm in the, in the yeah. gospel section. It was like the... The bump, 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 like that one, yeah, like that the piano does, yeah. We had that, and I was looking at it, and then I was like, Oh, I hear this in church all the time, it yeah. just looks crazy on the page, like, mm-hmm. so they had us doing stuff like that, you know. But as I feel like I would be so much better off, I think I told you about this, like that gig I took a couple of weeks ago, I'll be so much better off playing more stuff like that because I feel like. When I, I play a lot of etudes and of course excerpts, that's all I play. Etudes, excerpts, and like the same concerto, right? So it's like my playing gets stale because that's all my brain knows how to do. Like everything is, you know, like everything is that. And like you give me a, and I'm like, how you even play that? I'm like, I'm sitting here with a master's degree looking at it. Like, <laughs> how you even count that? Like, I need to do, I need to figure out how I'm gonna do more of that because it's like my playing feels stale sometimes because I'm just like I play the same stuff all the time 
and I, I might switch it up with a little etude in the middle. We got some trills in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, I need to do more of that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to give an honorable mention to the queen, like, the GOAT, Yolanda Adams. Like, mm-hmm. she, a lot of her recording music uses strings in it. Uh, it's real strings because, like, she Yolanda Adams ain't using those synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Like, come on now. Like, she, like. Get midi and I couldn't imagine being Yolanda Adams settling for it's like you're like the world doesn't deserve her you know what i'm saying and it's it was crazy to me my i i figure and actually kirk franklin has alluded to this it's like if he wasn't a gospel musician he would make so much more money like same thing with yolanda adams when she she did a a tribute recently like the whitney houston tribute and it's like yolanda adams will embarrass anybody out here like i can't think of somebody in the game right now who can sing better than her can you think of somebody like who sings better than Yolanda Adams? There's literally no. I'm trying to think. Well, Selena Gomez might. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Yikes! What a flop. <laughs> but you know when they do Yolanda, Yolanda Adams. Uh, you know what a flop. You suck. Selena Gomez. I was just kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. I thought you meant the joke. I was like, shit. <laughs> No, I got the joke. I'm just saying, like, imagine doing um, when Yolanda Adams has a, a a movie, like a life movie or whatever, and freaking they hire like freaking Ariana Grande. Well, Ariana Grande can blow. She just you doesn't. Think so? No, she just doesn't on her music that she has out. I've heard her sing, but she can blow. Yeah, she like she has a, like a strong voice, like a like you know how she never people, gives a strong voice. She doesn't. She doesn't sing like that because I remember like just watching her like on Nickelodeon and stuff. Some of the songs that she would do on there. Oh yeah, like I'm about a, to say I remember Ariana Grande sounding way she better. She doesn't. She doesn't sing that type of music like for her own like pop, mm-hmm. she does like pop stuff, but she can actually like belt like. I remember when the girls were mad about that fish movie when they made um Hallie the mermaid instead? Mm, not that fish movie, the Little Mermaid. Y'all are arguing about a fish. Um, and they someone said like it should have been Ariana Grande. I'm like, who wants to hear Ariana Grande squeal for an hour and a half? Honestly, she that doesn't seem like her voice though, like a Disney princess voice. I think that Holly definitely has a Disney princess voice. Yeah, I'm saying like honestly, like I think I've said this before, probably last week. I'm like, what they did is she went to the audition and got it. Like yeah. that is the only, especially since like everybody else is like different races. You know, like she literally went to the audition and it's like all of y'all are so butthurt still, and it's like. If you listen to her voice instead of being racist, like you would be like, oh yeah, like yeah. she literally fits the character. Yeah, she does. Now if they hired like Beyonce to play the mermaid. Now we got some, <laughs> now we got some stuff to talk about. You know, like uh, I would have been behind it because Beyonce is fine. I wouldn't be behind it. I would be behind it because yes, Beyonce. Actually, not yeah. think about it. But I mean, I'd be like, how that gonna work? Also, Beyonce, she, Beyonce sp- she gonna make it work. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beyonce was out of James. You said what? You said Beyonce was Etta James and Cadillac Records. Which she did an amazing job, I thought. Yeah. All right. So let us know if y'all like church music. I love church music. I love church. I love when it's when people start falling out and junk. <laughs> speaking in tongues. They don't do that in my church. They, don't, they do pe- that at my uncle's church. People don't speak in tongues in my church. Yeah, I mean, like, makes sense. people know. I've heard Pastor do like say like little things like that's crazy. I can low-key want to learn how to, but also that's not like that's not. I might as well just learn an actual language. Yeah, I don't think it's a language you learn; it's a p- language you feel. You have to have the gift of speaking in tongues. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
I mean, it's a collection of sounds that sound like words. They sound like words to you? Well, no, they're, they're supposed to... That's why that doesn't, doesn't sound like gibberish, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a collection <laughs> of sounds that a lot of languages use used to like make it sound like you're speaking a language it's interesting that's why i was like hmm. but you can like learn like though like you can you can like learn it i've never heard of people learning speaking new tongues i mean like no like not learn it like you go to a class but like you can yeah. watch a video and they will map it out like how oh like how it's structured how it's structured yeah that's what i mean oh i'm gonna say i've never heard i mean but also like i want to imagine i'm Tongues. Oh my god, they will look at you like, girl, rebuke this demon. Oh god, you know, blacks would be hurt about that. Well, we could give some of our favorite, we're gonna give some of our favorite gospel oh, yeah. songs. Okay, let's talk about some of our favorite gospel songs before we move on. Right. Um, I guess we could alternate. One of my favorite ones, because we just started talking about Beyonce. One of my favorite ones is um, He Still Loves Me from The Biden Temptations, which is Beyonce, um, what's his name, from the OJs, William something, he's, he's one of the singers from the OJs, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, but that's the, the main two singers um, in that, which I I love that song, um, and some yeah, of Beyonce's, what? Yeah, some of Beyonce's gospel stuff is good, but I love, have you seen The Biden Temptations? No, and you can't get you can't say nothing to me about Mr. Holland's opus. You didn't see the Fighting Temptations. It's a church movie. I've seen parts of oh, it, okay. but to say like I've seen it, I'm like I'm gonna say no. I've seen like it's like the Color Purple. Mm-hmm. I've never sat and watched Color Purple all the way through. Like I, but I've seen the Color Purple because I've seen enough parts of it because they played it every Sunday on BT. Mm-hmm. But the Fighting Temptations, I've seen pieces of it a couple times. I love that song, but yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs ever is Faith That Conquers by Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Definitely a song I listen to. If I'm going through it, like, I'm going to listen to that song. Like, I freaking, it's, and it's old. But a lot of my a lot of my gospel artists are older gospel artists because, like, just how, like, I've grown up. Like, I love Donnie McClurkin. I love Fred Hammond. Like, those are older people. There's way, there's new, newer people in the game right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Ja'Kalen Carr is, is, is newer. Like, she's, like, 20. But like I'm like mm, I like the oldies. How about mm-hmm. what about another one? Speaking of Fred Hammond, um, one of my favorite gospel songs ever. That's like an uplifting gospel song. Mm-hmm. Is he lives or celebrate? I used, that song used to scare me when I was a kid because of like in the second verse he describes like the crucifixion. Yeah. It used to kind of creep me out. Yeah, I could but see that. now it's like such a like an uplifting. It's one, it's one of my favorite songs to listen to on Easter because mm-hmm. it's like. He's risen just like he said. Like, just like he said <laughs> like, he would. The Lord is Savior like, no longer did. Right. Sorry, like, ratchet low key. Like, He's like, listen, he did everything he said, period. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, phone him. Gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all thought like, I know he lives. Period. I believe he lives. Well, like, my doubt. I'm sure he lives. Well, <laughs> don't tell me no different. Just like he said, it gets me every time. I'm like, yeah. Period. <laughs> Just like he said. Period. I'm so annoyed. Um, one of my favorite, Donald Lawrence. Man, what a what a what a king. I love him. Um, the prayer the prayer of Jabez is like one of my favorite songs. This is, it's really just a Bible verse that he put into song. Um I have, I have a lot of favorite gospel songs. Yeah, I have a couple more. <laughs> like, to be honest. 
I have a couple more. I'm gonna just I'm gonna rattle them all. Yeah. One of my favorite ones um is "You Love Me" by Karen Clark Sheard and Kiara uh, ah! Sheard. God, I freaking love them. I love Kiara yeah. Sheard. Um, my sister actually sang that in in church with this with this lady. It's like a very emotional song. Like yeah, it's crazy. But that song, um, Zill's version of "Is My Living in Vain," it's crazy good. Um, and what else? I'm, I'm thinking of, oh, the best in me. You saw the best by Marvin Sapp. The best in me and never would have made it. Those oh are two songs God. that will make me cry every single time. I remember when Never Would Have Made It came out. It's like, <laughs> honestly, it don't matter where you are in the service. You're going to have to sit back. It's going to be at least 30 minutes because people going to start falling out. Because I like, like, I'm like, like, oh my god! That song, those two songs, give me every single time. It don't matter. That's like, a guaranteed song that everybody gonna get the sheets. Everybody falling out. Yeah, guaranteed. And then my last one, which ugh, of course, unfortunately, I have to shout out Kimberly because she's trash. But um, have faith in me. I don't listen to a lot of Kimberly. I neither do I because she sucks. But that's the one song that I'm like, I really. Um, I have a bone. Okay. <laughs> um, never too busy. It's low key a read. It's by Byron Cage. That like, sounds like a read. I can already tell. <laughs> like, uh, especially it's, it starts off like when you climb the ladder of success, <laughs> <laughs> and the blessings they begin to pour in. Make sure you're never too busy to praise him. <laughs> it's a read. <laughs> you be sitting in the church with your head down like. Okay, yeah, I got into a little orchestra, but dang, like, let me catch it. <laughs> um, definitely, like, I'm available to you. It's like a, it's like a lot of times like a kid's song. Um, I told the storm, like that right there is like one of my go-to songs. I'm going through something because it's like, like I told the storm to pass. Storm, you can't last. Go away. I command you to move today. It's like that song can make me cry. Um. And I'll give like one more because I'll be here all day. Um, Encourage Yourself. It's actually by the Tri-City Singers. It's actually my favorite song because it's like talking about like people could pray for you and all that other stuff, but sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Like sometimes you got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and be like, I can make it. And like the lead singer on it, like it's just like, even if like people who listen, like you don't do that church stuff, you don't do that God stuff. It's like, Richard's like that. Mm-hmm. Richard is not a Christian. Richard does not don't do that God Which junk. Is weird because you're doing a dissertation on contemporary gospel. <laughs> exactly. His words don't do that God junk. <laughs> but but gospel music is just good. Yeah. Like it's like it's not even like it like regardless of the message or not. Like you don't resonate with the message or not. It's like some of the stuff we listen to. Like I would encourage you to say to listen just because like the music is just good. Like. When we started, when we started like learning about modulations and, and music theory, I was like, "Oh, we've been here. Like, I've been knew how to do that. Like, what are we talking about? You know, like church music is very, very good and has a special place uh, in my heart." All right, y'all. So let us know what you think about gospel music. Anything we talked about? Anything we missed? Let us know. And we are moving on. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there is room for everyone at the top. This week, we're talking about Martin McCain and just strapping because honestly, this is ridiculous. <laughs> she was, we 
stopped recording and she was like, you know what? I'm going to just read this off because I'm going to be here all day trying to put this to you. Because <laughs> normally I write it, write it out so I could like keep track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just easier for me to see less words on a page. Mm-hmm. But like, honestly, I lucky have to be somewhere right now. So, and it, it was going to take at least an hour. Like, I don't, it's crazy. I, wow. <laughs> oh my. Okay. So, Martin McCain is a bass trombonist and a Global Music Award gold medal winner. What did I even <laughs> So, out of all the musicians in the world, you got gold? That is crazy. Um, he's in high demand, as you would imagine. Um, as a performer, recording artist, um, and soloist, and chamber musician, and orchestral musician. You know, just so all the things. So Anything you need. He's in high it. demand. Let's, he's in <laughs> high demand, okay? Um... He's performed all over the world, and also his performance has been featured on uh, Performance Today um, in Knoxville, oh. Austin, Tucson, Chicago, Toronto, and Hong Kong. Come on, Hong Kong. Right. Um, he's appe- appeared as a guest artist uh, at many festivals, including the International Trombone Festival, the Great American Brass Band Festival, the Zagreb Brass Festival, the Brazilian Trombone Festival, and the American Trombone Workshop. Um, he's also... Uh, the leader of the award-winning jazz trombone. Uh, my bad. Is it trombone? Yeah, the trombone ensemble, Jazz Bones. That's cute. Oh, I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and a member of Minor Fourth Trombone Quartet. Um, and what's cute, he also performs a duo with uh, his wife, Artina. They're the McCain duo. Artina is um, a doctor <laughs> and a pianist. <laughs> She's a doctor. She got she got a whole bunch of letters behind her name. We stand. <laughs> um, he is also an orchestral musician, of course. Um, and he's a principal bass trombone for the Brazos Valley Symphony Orchestra. But he also performs other orchestras, including the Iris Orchestra, San Antonio Symphony, Austin Symphony, and Memphis Symphony. And, of, of course, many others. And he, so those are what he regularly performs with. But let me tell you what he has done. So he's performed <laughs> with the Malaysian. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> The Malaysia Philharmonic Orchestra, Malaysia, Houston Symphony, Amarillo Symphony, Charleston Symphony. Okay, can you put these in order of like the world? Because I can, I'm getting whipped. Yeah, I feel like we if we had a map if, if I had a map in front of me, like we would have covered everything. So right, Antarctica. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean that, that's on tour for the 2020s. So. Right. <laughs> um, he has a prize of winning the International Trombone Associations. Donald Gaxley solo bass trombone competition and the Kai winning jazz trombone ensemble competition. And he won, he, he did it twice. So imagine being, I don't understand how y'all just sickening. Right. It's crazy. Um, and also he's been featured as a soloist with the Croatian army. See, it's like every country, <laughs> <laughs> the Croatian army wind band, um, the United States army concert band and the United States army brass quintet. Quintet. Okay, not Quintet. What's the word? Quintet. Quintet. There we go. Quintet. Quintet. I, I mean, I get it. You got a lot of words. It's, it's see, a bunch like, of accomplishments. He had no regard for your edges or mine. You see, I can't even say the word Quintet. That's a simple word. Right. I'm over here. A musician tripping over Quintet. Quintet. All because of you. No. <laughs> Dang, Martin. Like, um, and he's been featured on, you can hear him on various recordings uh, with Summit Records, Naxo, Nas- Shout Out to Mara, and Equilibrium Labels. 
And he's, oh, by the way, he's released three solo CDs titled Trombone Czar, Russian Treasures, recorded live, Shades, and Trombone Czar, the extended version. So he was like, I snatch your edges before, <laughs> and I'm going to extend it. Imagine being so popular that you could record a live album. Beyonce just did that. So you're the Beyonce of Trombone. He's the Beyonce Trombone. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And imagine being so popping that, that recording three albums can be a by the way in your career. <laughs> like oh, at the, the bottom. <laughs> if that was me, it would have been the first thing you read. Hey, my name is Katie, so I recorded three albums. <laughs> One, One of them is live. <laughs> it's like somebody recording your recital. Right. But it's supposed to go well. Because <laughs> people going to buy it. Right. What a concept. That's crazy, dog. Um, and he's the four-time winner of the Global Music Awards. Had four times? They're probably like, you know what? all right. You're, they probably just see his name on the list and it's like, all right, so we already know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I can imagine. If he won it four times, he probably was like, you know what? Let me get the other girl's chance. Right. right. Yeah, that's probably, that had to be what, what it is. Um, four-time winner of the Global Music Awards and was featured in their emerging artist. Emerging? <laughs> if he's emerging, then what's, what's, what's next? No. <laughs> Sorry, let me finish it. Emerging artist <laughs> in the edition of the Billboard magazine. Um, currently, uh, he's an artist teacher. Oh, I mean, in addition to. Um, teacher of trombone um, at the Texas State University. Um, and in this, you know, he's teaching trombone and trombone choir and jazz trombone. And his students are also sickening because they go to places like Eastman and Juilliard. Right, so y'all need to just start writing him thank you notes. Yeah, I mean, his students will never be able to repay him. I mean. Wow, what a debt to carry. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Martin. It's also his birthday, so I'm going to put that in the uh, the post as well on Instagram. So wish him a happy birthday. Don't be rude. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to Martin and all his accomplishments. All right. Oh, by the way, it will be his birthday the day before we release this, so... When we release this? What day is today? Today we're, oh, we release Today's it. the 20th. His birthday's tomorrow, the 21st. And we release it on oh. the 22nd. Yeah. Happy birthday! Right. <laughs> and stuff. Not and stuff. <laughs> gang, gang, on your birthday. Right. What time for the birthday? Okay, I quit. Right. I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> you got a piece of the week? Um, yes. Yeah, so my piece this week is um, the Mendelssohn String Symphony in D minor. Have you heard that? Yeah, I don't like that. Really? Mm-mm. What? Yeah, I only like the string symphony. I'll listen again. I haven't listened in like a, a couple years. Are you sure it's that one? He wrote like a bunch of them. That's the seventh one. The D minor one is the seventh one. Or maybe it's one of his earlier ones. Because that was later. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to look at that. All right. All right, well, we, that's a wrap. I'm not gonna get into it. Ah! <laughs> you already know it's lit, so <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion or a black excellence suggestion, um, and you have no regard for our edges, send them right. to classically black podcast at gmail.com and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye y'all. Bye.